Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Dirt and Sprague. Ours is a new love, but it burns very brightly, and it gets hot and sweaty and stanky. There's some stank on that love. With Andy Dirt Johnson. You think he's going to find somebody that's going to be like psyched to go to Applebee's with you? It'll be Friday night, and hear the same football stories about how you rocked in high school. I did rock in high school football. You want to check tape? And Brandon Sprague. You know about the uh, cup sizes, Mark? Well? Yeah, different cups. Yeah, I, I know about the cup. You got the A, the B. C, the D. That's the biggest. I know the D is the biggest. I based my whole life on knowing that the D is the biggest. Dirt and Spray on 1080, The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Spray here on Portland Sports Leader, 1080, The Fan. Thank you for being with us on this uh, beautiful Monday morning. It's especially beautiful today if you're an Oregon State fan. A little interesting if you're an Oregon Duck fan. <laughs> Where they go from here, I don't know. You guys are the Christine Dres in the Pac-12, huh? You got all the funding. We, we did, man. We got all the money. We couldn't win. <laughs> the hell's up with that? Uh, no, it, it, look, it, it's fun when the rivalry game happens. I know it sucks to lose it. I'm well aware of what that's like. But uh, when you get those games, man, and yeah, Smith said it. We'll hear from the coaches coming up in the next segment. I That atmosphere, I, I didn't go this year. I, I, I just I find the half-stadium thing odd. I, I personally do. It's nothing against, you know, any... They're building the stadium. It'll be normal next year. And yeah. I got to give a lot of credit. I-, I thought that crowd was electric outside mm-hmm. of the cowboy hat. I had somebody text me. was like, dude, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but this is like one of the top five loudest I've ever heard this place. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, it's kind of weird to say that, but it's a half stadium, but everybody that's in here is not stopping. Even in the low points of the third quarter where Oregon was blowing them out, they 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 hung around and and they had themselves a, a fantastic comeback show that they got to watch. But I was jealous. Come kickoff time, I was jealous. I go to this game almost every single year, and the weather. I mean, God, was the weather perfect for yeah. this? It was such a good setting. Uh, setting the aesthetic on TV. I love when they wear orange and green. I kind of wish they do that every year and just say, "Hey, we're going to go to the hardcore color here." It's great contrast on TV, and so I. I thought it was great. We'll get more into the game here, but I thought the atmosphere was good. The energy in that place was electric. I loved that they put Oregon fan right at the top of the <laughs> of the stadium on the left. I'm surprised they gave many tickets, to be honest with you. You don't have that many to play with. I think legally they're obligated to do it. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't have. But uh, it, I mean, it, it, it seemed really loud on TV. I obviously didn't get to go to a game in, in uh, Reeser this year. But I, I think part of that, though, is the fact that you don't have – you know, in normal the Civil War will always sell out. That's always a great game. But for some of their other games this year, if you would get thirty thousand to go to the full stadium, you're spread out all over the stadium, as opposed to everybody being on one side next to each other, and there's this like concrete barricade on the other side that you're yelling against. I think it, I think it generated a louder, a louder crowd than we're used to seeing at a Reeser, just because of the the dynamics of the way the crowd was sitting in the stadium and and the way the sound was bouncing. I am legitimately considering getting season tickets. Um, I'm, I might do it. I haven't talked to my wife about this yet, but I, I have like a vision. I think every father has this. You probably will have this with smudge or smudge Like if your kid ends up going to the same college, like the legacy play, like I have a vision that I want to be the dad that's at every game, every home game and seeing my kids and tailgating and tailgating and you know, I'll DVR the game so I can talk about them on the radio if I'm still in this weird field. But (laughs) Yeah, I, I think I'm going to get season ticks. And I remember a broadcast that said their new stadium renovations changed the seat total. So I think Reeser at max capacity is like 45. 
I believe the broadcast by Guy Haberman said they were going to be like 37, 38. So it's only like 8,000 more than what they had. Right, and it's going to be spread out across the entire stadium. So it should be, you should have the same kind of energy. I don't know what next year will be, but that was fantastic. So good showing by Oregon State fan. You mentioned you thought when the game had kind of flipped a little bit where you went, oh, no. And it was the 75-yard drive in four plays, and minute 49 is what it took. Well, and talk about the crowd. That The crowd was out of it. You're, you're down by 21 in the second half. The crowd's out of it. You're sitting on your hands. Yeah. There's nothing to really cheer about, and that woke everybody up. It did. I, I still wasn't ready to go there yet, though, in terms of, like, the, okay, here we go. Like, my buddy, to his credit, I said, damn it, we're, we lost. We're going to lose this game. Mm-hmm. And he goes, man, don't say that. Like, there's a lot of time left. This game is weird. And I give him credit, he's a Duck fan, but he called it. And they cut it to 31-17, and then Oregon gets the field goal. I'm like, oh, they just can't get a stop. And they score the touchdown to make it a 10-point game, and I thought, oh, my God, if, if you do get a stop here. And they did it. They, if, oh, a 5 on fourth down. <laughs> not good, Bob. You know, One of those was a drop punt, but not good. I, I, I know. Yeah. But, like, Oregon, Oregon all year, Landon got a lot of this, you know, he's ballsy, the UCLA onside kick like and it just seemed in the in the UW and the OSU game that I don't know that bravado on fourth it just kind of bit a bad play calling whatever you want to chalk it up to you just don't execute it it hurts did you like them going for it on the fourth and one where Knicks kept it it was very similar to the Utah play to me and I give Jaden Grant credit here I know Nick said he, he would have handed the ball if he could do it again but he didn't. He kept it at Utah, and he got it. I think that's where his instincts went. 100%. And Jaden Grant's credit, he didn't give up the edge. He was like, no, 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 I've seen this before. And he was ready to stuff it. They end up losing some play calls. Did you like them going for it on that fourth down? <laughs> yeah, th- this is one of the things that has fired me up most in the last 24, 36 hours. I, if I see another like old columnist write a take about how going for it on fourth down is the reason Oregon is losing these games, I'm going to lose my ass. I, we have a lot of people who need to wake up and realize that football in 2022 is not played the way football was played in 1978. Oregon didn't lose those games because of the decision to go for it on fourth down. They lost the game for a plethora of reasons, not being able to stop the run, their defense being atrocious, uh, not catching fair catching kickoffs, dropping a punt. And then, oh, by the way, how about we criticize the play call and the execution over the decision? That's the part of it that always cracks me up. You have to go back in the moment. What are you saying when they go for it? Do you like the decision or not? Don't base it on the outcome. Don't base it on the result. They were at their own 20. I'm, I got it right here. They were at their own 29 sure. when they made that call. And it was the same as the Washington game, right, where you don't get it. Oregon State scores the go-ahead score, so obviously that's what people are going to focus on. It was the execution and the decision on the play. If Bo Nix hands it off, you get a first down. So is that still a bad call? The player didn't execute. That's not Dan Lanning's fault. We're going to criticize that coach for that when it wasn't his fault that they didn't pick it up. The first time they went for it was a fourth and three or whatever it was, fourth and four. It was a horrendous play call. They decided to talk, you know, call the pop pass to, uh, I think it was Franklin. They had called the same play to Sean Dollars on second down. Oregon State stuffed it. Then they called the same exact play, go in the other direction on fourth and short instead of just, I don't know, handing it off, letting Bo Nix try and create and make a play. I hated the play call in that, in that moment. I liked the decision to be aggressive. The other one was uh, the fourth, and that was the one where Knicks got sacked. There could have been a roughing call there. It was like a fourth and eight on the 35, 40-yard line, wherever it was. James Rawls was the one who got the sack. I just saw it. The other part of this is hilarious to me. Has anybody watched Oregon punt this year? Did anybody watch Oregon punt in this game? They had a punt blocked. Their punter dropped a punt. Their punting has been terrible. Special team's not great. Like, they can't punt the football. So that was the reason I think they just said, screw it. What are our chances of actually pinning them inside the 10-yard line? Next to none, because our punter sucks. They're probably going to block it. Maybe he drops the snap. We'll, we'll see if Bo can make a play here. He ended up getting sacked on the play, and it didn't happen. I, I don't mind coaches being aggressive. I would always err on the side of being aggressive. Jonathan Smith did it earlier in the game. He went for it on fourth and short. They got stuffed. That was the right call because if you get it there, you have a chance to take a 17-7 to lead late in the first half. That's a huge momentum swing as opposed to 13-17, to kicking the field goal, and Oregon's still right there in the ballgame. So I, we get so caught up in these fourth-down decisions, and it's hilarious to me. I don't 
I have a problem with the execution for Bo Nix not handing the ball off when he should have because you're 100% right. He thought of Utah and thought, I kept it against Utah. This will work before even reading the play and realizing that Jaden Grant was right there to make that tackle. And the other ones were just really bad play calls on, on the part of Oregon. Here's Dan Lanning game Key moments, right? 0 of 5 on fourth down. One of those, to your point, is a drop punt. But just not a great day for execution on fourth down. Here was Dan Landing in the post game on some of those moments. Yeah, you roll up your sleeves and work. You look hard at yourself. You say, okay, what things can I improve on individually can help this team? You're going to see a lot of moments in this game where one moment goes another direction, a penalty here, uh, a muff here, a punt there. Um, where it goes another direction, you're probably talking about a different result. They needed every one of those momentum plays at the end on the stretch, and uh, every one of them kind of went the wrong direction there at the end of the game. It's an interesting feel. I, I, I talked to somebody yesterday. I've talked to a few Duck fans about this, and it's it's a weird thing to kind of talk about out loud. I know what this season was and proved for Jonathan Smith, mm-hmm. and we can get to that. I'm, I think everybody is. But it's odd because five, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, Dirt, we're, we're sitting here and we're you're riding the high. I mean, you're... You know what I mean? You're like, this is we got a dude. We got the guy. We got the offense. It's all different. It's all better. And I saw the poll results, and I've seen some of the responses. I don't – how do you put into words year one with Dan Lanning? Because, like, four weeks ago it was like, hey, A+. Plus. And then you lose to UW at home, and then you lose to Oregon State, and there you are with three losses. Like, I don't know how to ju- how to put Dan Lanning year one – into words, I heard you say in the post game you thought they'd be a nine and three team, so they finished exactly where they were. But you, we do this all the time where we have an opinion, mm-hmm. and then sometimes we'll adjust that opinion based on what we're seeing because that's actually the way you should be doing this stuff. I thought Oregon State be eight and four, real damn close to it, but they got to nine and three, and I was wrong, and they were a little better than I thought they would be, and I'm happy about that. How do you evaluate Dan Lanning year one here? Yeah, I, I I love about college football that we have to do like um like a dissection every time a program loses for a coach and question everything about the direction. Ohio and State wants to fire Ryan. They Day do. Today. They, that, this is the way the sport works. It's a beautiful thing about college football. We nailed that conversation on Friday. <laughs> I have said if he loses that game, you watch, it's going to turn up on him. Oh, here it is. He's forty five and five at Ohio State, and they're like, eh, I think we should fire this bum. All that matters for them is winning championships and beating Michigan, and yep. he, he's not doing either of them. No. Right. Right now. No, he's not. Uh, they might still end up backing their way into the playoff, but that's a different conversation. I, th- there are criticisms of Dan Lanning that are 100% fair. He, you also, though, have to remember he is a first-year head coach that's 35 years old. He is the youngest head coach in all the Power Five. And for anybody that thought you would be able to hire a coach like that and not go through some growing pains, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, did I think they would go 9-3 and three after they had won eight games in a row and they were alive in the playoff chase at 8-1 and one after that loss to Georgia? No, at that point I changed my expectations. But I did expect him to lose one of these last three games. We've never seen a team go 9-0 and oh in conference play. They had to finish with Washington, who was a terrible matchup for them throwing the football. Utah, who beat the S out of them twice last year. And Oregon State, who's feisty, and you got to go on the road and play them. Like, I didn't think they were going to win out. Uh, they ended up losing two out of the three, and that does leave a really sour taste in your mouth. It, and it's okay to acknowledge it. That is a really disappointing end of the season and, and and not the way that you saw things going, while also acknowledging there's a lot there for Dan Lanning that you like. I, I like the aggressiveness. I know it didn't work for him late in the season. I love a coach that puts his nuts on the table and rolls the dice every now and then. Uh, I love the energy and the passion, the way that he's recruiting, hiring an offensive coordinator that opened things up and wasn't this physical that's playing a phone booth uh, for 12 games. There's, there's a a lot of positives that you can take away and just for all the criticisms and the disappointments in the way that they finished the season while all those are valid and fair I can also say if Bo Nix has a 100% healthy ankle does Oregon finish the season 11 and 1 because I can make a strong argument they might not a guarantee but I think if he stays healthy at the end of the Washington game they win that game and if you had his ability to run the football it opens things up completely when you have a 20-point second-half lead and you're trying to burn clock instead of going three and out. And so they were hampered by a quarterback injury late in the season, and what it did was it exposed some of the other weaknesses that they had on their roster all season that he was covering up for. Their defense was pretty bad all year, and their offense and Bo Nix covered up for it. And the second you took that away, they were exposed in two of their last three games. The one area of Nix, because his stats aren't, they don't jump off as like, oh, my God, he shouldn't have been playing. I mean, we know he was limited, but his stats are fine. What I would say, though, was evident with his ankle in Utah and especially Oregon State. And, again, his numbers look fine. I thought there were some throws, though, where you saw the ankle. and 100%. The, the limited ability to get your body fully into a throw 
those balls were kind of skipping on the ground or coming right at the feet of some of the targets. That was where I thought the ankle played the biggest factor outside of him, obviously, not being able to run. I'll ask you this, and then we'll go to the other side of this. Uh, what's your grade? You put a poll question up. What is your one grade for you, for Dan Lanning? I mean, I, I'm i with you on the expect some learning woes and some you know some things that don't go your way. But I think the hard thing for Duck fan hearing what you said is, yes, but also no. You cannot lose to Washington and Oregon State in the same year. Totally fair. And be behind Washington in the standings, who's probably going to go to the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. And even Oregon State, they're ahead of them in the conference standings, but record-wise, same record as Oregon State, and you lost the head-to-head. Yeah, I, I, I graded it a C. Just because of the rivalry thing. If if you had not lost to both Washington and Oregon State, it's an easy. Well, it's got to be an easy A if you don't lose to UW and. Oregon well, no, State. I'm saying like if the losses were to UCLA and Utah, oh. but you beat Washington and Oregon State, for example, I think it's a better grade. But this is, I mean, it happened in 2016. They lost to UW and Oregon State. They fired their entire staff. That was the worst Oregon season in the last 30 years. The the, the last time you got to go back to when they lost to both rivals in the same year was 2002. Yeah, it's been 20 years um, in a season in which you didn't fire your entire coaching staff that you lost to both rivals. So for that reason, I, I give them a C. But I'm still uh, incredibly optimistic about the future of the program and the way things are going. Big OC Phil uh, hired a fill there. Kenny Dillingham is off to ASU. He jumps on a jet in Corvallis and goes to Tempe, Arizona. And we've got his blubbering press conference clips. We're going to play for you. We won't play a ton of them. We got a couple of them. That I'm just like, wow, man. Like, keep it together here. I could get hired at Oregon State tomorrow. I don't know if I'd cry like that. <laughs> Uh, so we'll get to that. And then who Oregon kind of should target now? Do you keep the same offense? Do you have to kind of do that with the personnel you have? What they do at quarterback? Because they've got Dante Moore maybe coming in. But are you ready to play him? Ty Thompson hanging around. I, there's a lot of question marks at Oregon now. Mm -hmm. And we can get to that. But I want to talk about Oregon State because I said I know what this season means. I want to get to Oregon State side of this. They get the win in the Civil War game. We'll talk Oregon State coming up next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no Minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. In Hawkeye, Mississippi. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. Ben tweets us, you don't lose to UW and OSU and get a passing grade. It's not like the cupboard's bare. This is not a rebuild. I love landing and see great things, but this year's a failure, and it was the coaching mistakes that cost two conference losses. So there's a lot of Duck fans that are with you, and then there's other Duck fans that just it, – it's unacceptable to lose that game. It just – for yeah. them it is. And I, it's hard to argue with the star ranking comps there, but I, I feel like – and this is where there's nuance. Both sides of that argument are right. He showed you a lot as a first-year head coach, but if you want to call it a failure, I, no, I have no problem with that. 
Uh, Oregon State on the other side, they win this game, and oh my God, I'm going nuts. I'm trying to control my emotions because I'm in a duck household watching it. <laughs> and I don't want to be too disrespectful here. People hosting me and giving me food, and I just want to throw the food in their face. Be like, yeah, <laughs> eat that stuffing. Yeah, I had a buddy who texted me on Saturday. was like, hey, we want to get together and watch the game. And I was with some Beaver fans. I'm like, no, I, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to. No, I'm not putting myself in that position. Yeah, it's it's a questionable move. I, I mean, I'm going to be in Eugene next year, and it's always a questionable move to be wearing orange and black and be there. But uh, you've had no issues with Duck fans. Yeah, no, I, I largely haven't. Um, what a year. I mean, what a season for Jonathan Smith and that coaching staff. It's It's been a coaching staff. We talk about being happy and satisfied. I want to go back a couple seasons ago because we talked about Jonathan Smith going from a two-win season to five. Mm-hmm. And I remember being on the air and, like, I'm frustrated that they're five and seven while being also grateful in the same way. You beat Hawaii, you win six games, you're in a bowl in year two. Holy crap, look at that. Five and seven. You still see the positives. You see what he's building here. You go to the next year. You you finally take that leap. You get into it again. And you've just seen the growth with Jonathan Smith at Oregon State where you posed a question last night, coach of the year. I don't think he's going to win it. I think it's down to DeBoer and Lincoln Riley because, well, it's USC. And I don't. I, how do you make an argument against Kalen DeBoer winning 10 games in year one? Holy hell. The, the Huskies are going to the... Rose Bowl, in my opinion. I mean, I can make a pretty strong argument. Sure, I think you can. But I think those are your two guys that are going to get it. Jonathan Smith, he won nine effing games. They don't win ten games in Corvallis. It just isn't a normal thing to even win nine. I don't know what they're going to do in a bowl game. I couldn't be more happy and grateful. That is a hell of a coaching job that you saw happen in Corvallis this year, especially considering their quarterback woes basically the whole season. And I I know what you're saying about Knicks. I've been screaming this about Oregon State. Just middle-of-the-road quarterback play. (laughs) Dear God, middle-of-the-road quarterback play. And I think you're beating UW, and I think you're pretty damn close if not beating USC. And the Stanford game doesn't happen because you got a quarterback who's competent. But 9-3, and three, a hell of a year, a tip of the cap, and to the senior class. That senior class needs to go down, and I think will go down in Oregon State history, one of the greatest senior classes of all time to go into that program where it was when they walked in mm-hmm. and said, pull the sleeves up, yep, we'll take on the undertaking of help rebuild this to get it to that point, man. I, I was really happy for a lot of people in that program. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication to do what they did this year. So ha- uh, tip of the cap to everybody. Well, and to all the guys, too, that returned for another year that could have gone after other opportunities and, and tried to go pro or test their waters in the NFL, for the guys that came back that finished it off the right way, I know they didn't get the you know Pac-12 championship game appearance that they wanted or uh, you know the conference title and that kind of stuff, but 9-3, where they were at times earlier in the season, the way that they were playing to where they are at the end of the year, it's an incredible season for Jonathan Smith, and he is the Pac-12 coach of the year. Th- this this goes back to like the Tua Justin Herbert thing that we had we did on Friday. When when you critic when you say one guy is better or one guy is more deserving than the other, it doesn't mean that you're tearing the other one down. Kalen DeBoer had a phenomenal year as head coach at Washington. Yes, he did. Nobody saw them going ten and two. They are likely going to go uh, going to go to a New Year's Six bowl game. He has had an unbelievable season. Jonathan Smith is the coach of the year though for a number of reasons. One. Simply look at the resources, Oregon State to Washington, and it's not even close. Not, not close. Look at the quarterback play yep. where he had the ability at Washington to kind of handpick his guy, bring his transfer guy in, get some NAL money for him, all that stuff, where Oregon State had to play an entire season essentially without a quarterback, and they still won nine games. If you want to try and go to the head-to-head thing, that's fine. It was a field goal game, one at the last second where Oregon State was on the road in Seattle. If you play that game in Corvallis, could have been an easily different uh, outcome. And who are the two teams playing in the, in the conference championship game? USC and Utah. Who did Oregon State have to play? USC and Utah. Who did Washington not have to play? USC and Utah. Didn't play either of them. Yeah. So if if you add if you swap out, you know, in Arizona for Utah and Washington has to go to Salt Lake City, are we having a different count? Is Washington nine and three again? I don't know. Maybe they win that game. They were playing terrific at the end of the season, yeah. but the schedule was harder for them. They had to do it without a quarterback, and they had to do it with a lack of resources compared to the other schools around them in the conference. Uh, to, for for Oregon State to go nine and three is an unbelievable season, and they have a chance. They've only done it twice in program history to win ten games in a season. Only twice in program history, and they. 
they got a shot at doing it in the bowl game. I don't even think we need to take DeBoer down. Like, schedule's not his fault. Oregon got great games, but they got a lot of them at home this year, right? Like, the schedule just shakes out how it shakes out. You can't control that. I I think DeBoer's very deserving, but I think you're proving some great points on Smith. I, I, I If I had a vote, he would get my vote. And again, yeah. it's, nothing against Kalen DeBoer. Kalen no. DeBoer's awesome. I, I, yeah, I don't think we need to tear Kalen DeBoer down. He clearly is the dude in UW right now. But what you do in Corvallis, I mean, that, it's hard, man. It's it's why I am so realistic. To some Beaver fans' point, I, I maybe come off pessimistic at, at times. And I, I get it. But it's pretty effing special to uh, echo Brandon Kipper, their senior offensive lineman. Here he was in the postgame. He steps to the podium. This is the dude, by the way, that stepped to the podium after USC. They had just lost that emotional game. They're a fourth and seven stop away from beating USC. And he steps to the podium and he says, we're not done here. This is not the end of our season. Obviously, they lost at Utah the next week. That's a tough spot with no quarterback play. But, man, they won nine games. Here he is, steps to the podium saying, this is pretty awesome. I mean, what do you guys think? <laughs> it's pretty f-ing. sorry for my language, but wow. That was, uh, <sighs> I said early in the season that our story wasn't written yet. It wasn't necessarily that we won the season to start, but that we would finish it. And then we finished it. For that to be the last game in recent for me and some of my teammates, <sighs> I'll remember that moment for the rest of my life. It was 31 to 10. And, and then he, he was asked about, yeah, 31 to 10 is the question. The belief, like it, I, everybody watching on TV, and I'm sure even in the stadium, you just the mojo and the energy had been zapped. You didn't have a quarterback that could throw, and you're like, "Damn, dude, how do we, how we even begin to do this?" Here was Brandon Kipper on having that kind of that internal belief. Belief, man, belief. We've been in situations like that before. I mean, so many times throughout my career here, we've we've been down bad, and unfortunately, a lot of those times we we've kind of conceded and we've lost those games. Um, but I think that something in this culture has really changed over the last year or two. And there, there is a belief that no matter what the score is, man, we just keep executing, keep playing, never never stop. Make it hard on the other team that we can win. And it, it sounds cliche, but I, I just think it was belief. Belief in our teammates, belief in one another, belief in ourselves, that we, we had the skill, we had the talent, we had the ability to execute and when it, when it mattered. Um, belief in our coaches. It was just complete total faith. You don't see it often from Jonathan Smith, and we'll we'll get some Oregon State stuff coming up here. I, I caught him in the post, like, as soon as the game ends and he gets doused with an ice bath. <laughs> you just don't see him show a whole lot emotionally, and he's out there like he's almost laughing and giddy. Like, we did this. And and, and the final thing I would say on, on just, like, the coaching front of this, it's an outstanding job, and all year I'm rolling my eyes at this Brian Lindgren's not good. Like, I get it. Like, you want him to run the football when he should and not pass it. You know what? Like you can't cancel out forty percent of your playbook. <laughs> he ended up doing it. He did because the biggest game of the year. <laughs> they're down twenty-one. Hey, what do you want him to do? But he is a good play caller. And the one thing Oregon State has advantage-wise over Washington, Oregon, USC, those programs, they get a benefit of expanded culture and continuity. I mean, you're you're not even technically done with year one in the landing area. You've already lost your offensive coordinator. Where are you going? Coaching turnover when you reach a certain point, it, it is one of the more underrated, difficult things to do. I mean, Nick Saban is Nick Saban, right? That dude has lost his entire staff. When Kirby Smart left, he lost like seven coaches. He loses an OC every other year. It's part of the greatness of Nick Saban is the ability to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what Landing does with his OC vacancy. But one of the benefactors for Oregon State being Oregon State, this entire run with Jonathan Smith outside of the Tim Tibisar Trent Bray replacement, he has had Brian Lingren with him the entire step. And having a guy like that and having continuity, they have the, I think personally, I'm biased, they have the best offensive line coach in college football. When you have that kind of continuity for four to five years, what you get Saturday is what Brandon Kipper said there. A belief, even if it seems impossible and bleak to happen on a regular basis, a belief that we can still win a football game, I think that screams the biggest of compliments to Jonathan Smith and that coaching staff. We'll have more on Oregon State coming up next. We'll get to the Apple Cup. Washington puts up a 51-burger. USC's in the Pac-12 title game. They take care of Notre Dame. 
loaded hour and a half coming up dirt and sprague on 1080 the fan here's jordan with sports update when it comes to air quality the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air but the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air especially our indoor air is really darn important in 30 minutes puro air will remove allergens dust smoke and gases from your room it uses a stronger type of filter called hepa 14 and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level check out everything puro air has to offer at get puro air Air.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. This is Dirt and Spray on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in 738. Happy Monday morning to you. Oh, Duck fan just, uh, <laughs> RJ just texted in, very reluctantly tuning in. What the hell happened? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, too. Oregon State, come back for the ages. we got a lot of other things to get to. But today, I mean, it's look, it's 97% Civil War related, and there's yeah. going to be a lot of leftovers on tomorrow's show. You know, a couple of things lingering as we're kind of on the Oregon State side of this and what that win meant for them to get to nine wins, have a chance at the third time in program history where you get to 10 in a, in a bowl game. There, there were two takeaways that I had after the game. One was that was a big recruiting weekend for Oregon State. They had a lot of kids in town, and they were trying to showcase the atmosphere. Obviously, half a stadium, but you can see the vision of what it'll look like when it's done. Hear the crowd, all that kind of stuff. You win a game like that, man. We talk about this all the time when there's big recruiting weekends. Kayvon Thibodeau signed with Oregon because he was at the overtime winner against Washington, and he stormed the field with the fans, and he was live streaming it, and it was like, this is awesome. I'm coming here. That landed on the number one player in the country. Oregon State having a win like that on a big recruiting weekend is huge for them because that's going to continue to up, up the profile of the program. The other thing was, and I, you've been hampering the, you know, uh, hammering this all year, and Oregon State fan has rightfully so, to win nine games without a quarterback is incredible. My takeaway after the game was, please, God, don't let that guy get a quarterback. Because if you can go 9-3 and three without, like, they're going to they're gonna have lesser offensive line probably next year. The defense will take a step back. Like, there's just going to be some turnover on the roster. That's natural. But where you could have an upgrade is with a freshman quarterback who everybody's raving about coming in on Aiden Childs. I Aiden think Childs, is, yeah. Is his name, and he's yep. a four-star kid. He's locked in with Oregon State. Nimick just had a report on him the yep. other day. Like, there, there was also that of, like, God, if they can go 9-3 and three without a quarterback, imagine what Jonathan – he's got to get one, and he's got to develop them and, you know, handle all that. Yeah. But what could happen when they actually land? I on? think that's the exciting thing. And, and Nimick, you know, had told me that Childs is starting to pick up more steam from the national guys. I mean, he just won his state championship. He wins the state title, and he instant he flew right to Corvallis. He was at the Oregon Oregon State game on an unofficial visit. I mean, he is concrete in on Oregon State. I I don't know. I think they're going to hit the portal personally, and I think they should. And I know Oregon's kind of in the same situation. You take experience over inexperience, unless the kid is incredibly special in camp. Yeah. You see what he can do year one and, and maybe let him learn for a season. I think you're right. I, it's very reminiscent. I'm not saying the results are the same. It does remind me of Harbaugh, Michigan. Now, obviously, Michigan's in a playoff, and I Oregon State going to a playoff. Uh, let's not go there. But it feels like if the guy can finally get one, they can take a step to being this consistent upper echelon team in the conference. I, I, I just I do not do this often. My history would suggest this. I have evidence to back it up. <laughs> I don't say this stuff lightly. If they had a quarterback, I really think we're talking about them in the Pac-12 title game. I think we could be talking about them with maybe one loss, but that's easy to say now and not have it, right? I don't know if their offensive line will drop that much. I know what you're saying. You lose talent. It's hard to revamp it. I think, what, three of the starters are going to be gone next year? Yeah, if I'm and, not mistaken. And, and those, like, 
Kipper, who we just played, he's good. That's going to hurt, right? Levin Good got hurt in that last game. Yeah. Um, but their offensive line coach could win this best offensive line coach award every year. Mm-hmm. I, I, Mahalachek is one of the best to do it in the business. Lingren, Colorado's offered Dion the job. That's gone. You've seen these other vacancies get filled. Unless he goes lower level to work his way up, you might have your OC back. And I can't begin to rave enough about how happy, despite his interview ability, how happy I am to have Trent Bray as the defense coordinator. <laughs> I don't need to talk to him on the show and no. get one-word answers to know that dude knows defense. He's intense. And maybe another year here before somebody comes sniffing around and calling for his number to be called. I, no matter what they lose, I'm ecstatic about what they bring back from the coaching perspective. And if you have Jonathan Smith here, he's no emotion. He's low-key. But he's he's a culture setter, and he can coach, and he knows football. And there's a great story written in The Athletic about him. He just cares about X's and O's. His grandma lived in Corvallis. That's why he went to Oregon State. He said, oh, I got a shot here. And Dennis Erickson thought he was a manager. He didn't even know he was a quarterback because he's 5'10", 170. And so he's so unassuming. But, man, you see the postgame stuff. He's dancing in the middle with the guys. Like, It just feels good to know you have great coaching in place right now. And I'm curious to see where they go with that quarterback spot because if you, I think you're right. If they can get it, they can take a serious step as a program. Yeah, I mean, you're already there. You're already knocking on the door. Th- this is one of the arguments that I have always made about an expanded playoff. Like, Oregon State, I know, is not in the conference championship game this year. They have three conference losses. They were close, though, right? Like, you're a game or two, a play or two away from being in that spot. With an expanded college football playoff, you would be in that scenario playing for a spot in the college football playoff. It's exciting, Dirt. If you have a quarterback and and you can have a team of this experience again, I, you win a UW game, whoever that is, your two losses, you're in the you're going to be yeah. a playoff team. Like that is outrageous to say, but that's kind of where Beaver fan has to be today. And I nobody can fault him for that. Beating Oregon's huge. It's mm-hmm. a rivalry game, but it's also like it's. It's kind of a stick, a, 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 a talent measuring stick of, you know, where is this team really? Now, we already kind of got that, I thought, from the USC game and how close they were. Yeah. Utah game was an abject disaster because quarterbacks couldn't stop turning the damn ball over. And then you go to Seattle where it's been a bit of a house of horrors for you, and you damn near win that game. And you come up just short against those kind of teams, and then you get to see what you are against Oregon and win that game. I it just continues to build belief and, and enthusiasm in it. You got a full stadium next year. I, I, I man, you're riding a high right now, and you're going into a bowl game with the ability to win ten games. It's a great spot to be. Well, let me ask you this too, and we can get to this next. But you, you have been more of a pessimistic Beaver fan in terms of expectations of like, what do you want from your program? And I hate that because I think it's realistic if sure. we're being honest. But sure. I know how people view it. You might not. Yeah, ex- you might be right there. But you, hey, get to a bowl game. You know, be over six and six, five hundred or or better. You're happy, right? Yeah, that's an okay spot to be. Yeah. D- does a season like this and does a win like this change that expectation? Because the argument that I've always tried to make about Oregon State, like, they went through that down era at the end of Smith. You bring in Gary Anderson, we don't need to go into that. But it was, it was a disaster for them. They were really bad for a number of years there. But for the folks that tried to argue that Oregon State couldn't get back to that point, I always tried to say, like, Mike Riley did it for 15 years. I mean, for, essentially from 2000 to – I know he wasn't there in 2000, but you get my point. When he came back after the Chargers stint, they, they were essentially an 8-9 to nine win team every single season. And the, and the Civil War used to rotate. Now, will that happen with the new money that's in college football? I, I don't know. Oregon's always going to have more, quote-unquote, stars and a bigger recruiting budget and all that than Oregon State. Yeah. But I, I, I do wonder if this changes the expectation of what is realistic to look at for Oregon State every year. I think it's, you know, 9-3, and three, is that realistic? Should I, should I recalibrate my expectations? I, I'm always going to be a year-by-year basis guy. Like, unless you're telling me, hey, quarterback's coming who had this great year, Running like the offensive line is back. You haven't lost your D coordinator. There's seven of the eleven are coming back on defense. The reason I was so high on this team because if you can check tape the last two years, it's like these are great years. I said this during the bowl game. I got killed on Twitter. They lost to Utah State. I, I don't like that. But you got to a damn bowl game for the first time in a long time. Well, nobody remembers that bowl game outside of Beaver Fam. Yeah, right. But you don't want to lose a bowl game, right? People care about that stuff or pretend to care. I still thought it was a great year. And then I come into this season with some expectation, and I'm like, hey, I think they can be 8-4. and 9-3 and three with the upset win in the last game of the year is a fantastic season. Let's recalibrate. I'm always going to be a year-by-year guy, but I want to highlight something you mentioned here. So Riley's last year, they go 5-7. and seven. 
Yeah. Beaver fans calling for his head, like, hey, man, this dude's not recruiting well anymore. He's not coaching well anymore. They were, they were done with him. He flew off to Nebraska. He saved them a lot of money by doing that. And then you go into the Gary Anderson era, and it's an abject disaster. I mean, he has the four-win season, and we're out here, like, puffing our chest, like, hey, look at us. It's like, okay, cool. You beat a garbage Oregon team with a garbage coach. Good job. You follow that up with a one-win season. Outside of that dirt, 5-7, and 2-10, and 4-8, That's the four-year run. Prior to that, 7-9. You had the one down year in 11. Yeah. Coincidentally, the year I cover the damn team. <laughs> uh, 8, 9, 9, 10. Like, this is a program that if you get it established, you can win 8-10. to 10. It just, In this century, they've been consistently good outside of the Gary Anderson run. And I, I'll say this because I, I know we're a bit against it. I, I have created a GoFundMe, and if you want to make me a billionaire, I will put all the resources because Oregon State will be a dominant force. That was the other thing. Like I'm glad you brought that up. That was the other part of that win that was huge for them is they immediately launched a NIL It was campaign. a $38.34 yeah. for the final score. Like, donate $38.34, yeah. and but money started pouring. Pouring in, like wins like this get people to believe. Wins like this get money involved. Wins like this help in recruiting. That's why it was such a monumental moment. Like Oregon fan can chuckle and say, "See how Oregon State feels about nine and three, and how does Oregon feel about nine and three? But there's different levels of expectations coming into the year, and when you win a game like this, there's complete buy-in and there's total belief in the staff, and it can it can just launch you into an off season. No matter what, I mean, you, of course you want to win your bowl game. We'll see what happens there, who they're going to play, what game they go to, and all that. But it just it is launching them into the off season. At, what a week ahead of the first signing day with huge momentum that's a big deal yeah, I, I yeah again i know we're against it but i i just think also if we're just being honest here in the uh the, the trust tree i mean yeah they're the same record and one's disappointed one's ecstatic do we really do we really want to have the debate about nil money and who's get like Connerly got a million and a half dollars i think it's more than the entire oregon state team has made yeah. there comes expectation when you put resources into it and oregon state they're finishing a stadium. They've launched an NIL thing. It's still not the same NIL package that Oregon, USC, you know, whoever else you want to throw in there is doing. It's not. But if you can get more than what you have and you're already having good years, yeah. Why, why can't they have another team with experience in a year or two and be in this spot again where maybe they don't lose that game because they actually have a quarterback who can throw more than six passes <laughs> and more than 60 yards and two picks. Like, God, maybe a season could be special again. And, I, I, I mean, I, I want to go down there this week and just talk to him because I, I there are shades of – I think that Fiesta Bowl stuff with Smith helped a lot and then his coaching acumen and le- learning under Chris Peterson, like – there's a lot of this where he's learned from the best, man. Erickson was a great college coach, mm-hmm. and Peterson was a great college coach. This dude's found his own identity and his own way of doing it, and I think you're seeing a lot of examples where what he learned along the way has is, is played itself out in Corvallis. A couple of final thoughts on this. Your thoughts welcome, 503-250-1080. We'll uh, move on to a couple other things in the final hour. Michigan takes it to Ohio State again. Washington wins the Apple Cup, uh, reclaiming that trophy from Washington State. Uh, we got Utah-USC in the Pac-12 title game. we got a lot still to get to. Some final thoughts, though, on the Civil War. That is next on The Fam. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. 
Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media, and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, a couple of thoughts here. Short segment. We'll read set things, get to uh, some other non-Civil War-related topics. And I'm sure Husky fans like, hey, talk about us! Oh, we will. That was, boy, that was impressive. That was, man. Washington State, I thought Washington State had a good defense. What happened there? Um, well, Washington has the preemptive passing attack in college football in the entire country it's not even just the conference it's the whole college football world DeBoer's got it going right now Penix a little bit of me is bummed that it's not Washington USC in the Pac-12 title game because that final might be 94 to 92 that would be a great game of no defense (laughs) that would be an all-timer because I think USC is the best player in college Caleb Williams can't be stopped and Washington's passing attack right now is incredible Uh, a couple quick thoughts here at the fan text line I just I asked it like does does a win like that a nine and three season does it change your expectations for I, I think people understood that like these you could have your peak seasons mm-hmm. I think it's more so about what's the floor of the program because everybody's going to have their ups and downs like Oregon State's not going to be a juggernaut that rolls out 10 win seasons every year we all know that yeah but what are your what are your down seasons in between uh somebody said I'm not going to say this team needs to be 10 and 2 next year but Smith cannot let them get back to 7 and 5 or 6 and 6 I, I just and uh, yeah it's you and I I think are in lockstep despite if you're a honk or I'm a honk or whatever, I think you and I are in lockstep in a lot of ways off the air. I mean, even on the air, to be honest with you. And I, I, I love fans that have expectations. I think it's great. I also think sometimes they get you in the most trouble. <laughs> they do. And I, I just, I'm not with that text. I, if the floor is seven and five, guys, like, they're recruiting two and three star players. <laughs> if you get a four star, you have an NIL that can pay a kid. Like I already have people asking me if Damian Martinez is going to get paid and to leave, and, and that's a real thing. It is. He's a Texas kid. This is the nature of college football. The Longhorns are going to lose Bijan yep. Robinson. I, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, I'm saying, yo, you got a starting role here. You're six one. Want to come home? Two twenty. You want to come home and be an absolute stud and get paid by the collective? Ricky Williams, our good friend who stood us up on Friday. You know, he, he had to file a lawsuit a couple years ago. He had somebody steal his money. You know who paid for his attorney? The Texas Boosters. <laughs> Here's the best attorney we have. He's, a, he's an alum and a booster. Free of charge. Like, when you have a network like that, man, it's hard to say no to it. I think da- Damien will stay, and I, I hope to be right on that. <laughs> but that's what I'm dealing with here. That's what we're dealing with in Corvallis. So, like, this whole, the floor better not be 7-5. and five. Guys, I, I cannot go there, and I will not go there. This is a great year. I'm going to take this year for what it is, reevaluate next season. But if they win seven games in a year where I don't think they have as much talent, nah, I'm sorry. I, I won't, I'm not going to listen to that argument, and I'm, I'm differing on that opinion. Yeah, I, I think you and I are in lockstep in terms of now. I, where I get in trouble is I, it doesn't take much for me to believe. Like, I'm an easy fall in love guy. It felt like it took a little something for you this year, though, just it the way did. it I ended was last hesitant. year and I was the way hesitant. it started. And... When you rattle off eight in a row, I, I, I had fallen in love again. I, I had bought back in. I bought the ring. I was planning the wedding. Every, everybody was excited. I told my family. Everybody was all happy. And then she cheated on and you. And then she cheated on me in the last three games. Like, what the hell happened, man? So that that's always a tough part with that. I know people that would still take them back. <laughs> uh, Oregon State's not a conference schedule, by the way, next year. Uh, again, incre- I mean, they play San Jose State to oh, open. Okay. UC Davis at home. Right. And San Diego State. Should be a 3-0 start. Future Pac-12 matchup there. What happens if San Diego State comes to the conference? 
they have to reschedule that game? That take is three weeks old, and nobody is calling out that <laughs> national radio host. <laughs> Nothing at has all. happened there. Like, just stay. Welcome back into the show. It's like okay. And okay. you have, I mean, the games in years ahead are manageable. Like there's not. I'm just looking at their schedule right now uh, because I, I don't see Jonathan Smith going anywhere. There's not one of those games like a. a Guaranteed loss on there on your non-conference slate, and that's big for Oregon State. Oh, it's massive! Hell, I don't want Oregon to like stop scheduling Georgia. You you could have easily been ten and two this year if you just played Georgia Southern in non-conference. Who do you, do you guys have a big game next no, year? No, theirs are manageable. They get Texas Tech as their next home and home. Oh, they're doing a home and home with Tech. I believe so. Ooh, will Shuck still be Kinda, on the roster? Yeah, you know, I believe I'm so. I'm gonna say underrated place probably to go visit. They got Texas. Te- Let me pull it up. Texas real quick. Tech seems like a great environment. So after, uh, so you got this year or coming year, you got an easy kind of cupcake out. San Diego State's a good program. Uh, so so is San Jose State, but Oregon State should win those games. You, you, at, you have more talent, I think, than those two programs. Yes. The next year you get Purdue at home, and you're at Boise State. Yes. And then then you play Texas Tech in 2025. I remember that. Yeah. So you got home and home in Texas Tech, when and the then the uh, home and home with Ole Miss kicks in. In 2027. When the hell does Oregon State go to Oklahoma State? Wasn't that supposed to... Uh, or Oklahoma State? Wasn't there a home-and-home home with Oklahoma Oregon State? Oregon has a home-and-home home with Oklahoma State. Okay, maybe I was misremembering. So uh, Oregon's next that. year is Portland State at Texas Tech, but I believe the game's in Dallas, so it's not at their state, which is stupid. What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, and then Hawaii, and then the next year you get Texas Tech at home, and then their home-and-home home with Oklahoma State gotcha. kicks in. Gotcha, okay. So they're, there's, they're manageable non-conference schedule, but I just wanted to point that out because that's a big part of your final record, right, is do you have to go to Ohio State and play a non-conference game? Because I can guarantee you you're going to lose that game if you do. You have manageable non-conference games, and that's big for get, you know raising the floor uh, for Oregon State. By the way, they did. They had a, at Oklahoma State. It was uh, in 2020. It was COVID. Ah, oh, the COVID year. That's right. And it got everything got changed there. Nothing ever got rescheduled. Then I take it. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer because they lost 52-36. I got here a box score. Chuba Hubbard had run for 221 That's yards. That's right. I forgot about that. At that game. They came to Corvallis, came and here. we were supposed to go to Stillwater in 20. That's right. I haven't. Maybe I'll look it up, but I, I think they're supposed to go back there. Okay. Well, that, that hopefully it uh, gets rescheduled. But important to point out, good text coming in. Let's get to a couple other things in the final hour of the show. Washington uh, reclaims the Apple Cup. What a year for Kalen DeBoer. They finished 10-2. and two. What bowl game is in their future? Michigan did it again to Ohio State, and Ohio State is absolutely panicking right now. That's yeah, enjoyable. So let's gamble on that game. Talk about that in the final hour. It is loaded. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.